Hello and welcome to the Coast Conversation. I'm the producer, Millennial Mike. Sam, unfortunately, was sick and couldn't make this interview. So we had Coast and OC Register contributor Jordan Reef interview Greg Schwenk, who's the co-founder of the Newport Beach Film Festival, which starts tonight, if you're listening to this, the day the show comes out, Thursday, April 26th. You can learn all about the film festival at NewportBeachFilmFest.com. I'm going to let Jordan Gregg take it away. So this is the 19th Newport Beach, wait, Newport Beach International Film Festival. Just Newport Beach Film Festival. Newport Beach Film Festival. This is the 19th. Talk to me about what is different this year. I mean, how does this distinguish from previous years? Well, I think from the start of the festival 19 years ago, we've always been focused on quality, and we're never going to shy away from that. And I really believe the programming team has done an exceptional job this year scouring the globe for amazing film. And this is true for both submitted film uh, that comes into the festival as well as recruited film uh, that we may have seen at other festivals, other uh, screening opportunities, uh, whether it be here or, or overseas. And I think... That's one of the, the hallmarks uh, is that it's just we're really looking for amazing film that's going to resonate with our audience. And that's true both for English language film as well as film in the languages of the countries uh, that we're presenting. So films from Mexico, films from Chile, films from China, Japan, Korea. Uh, these are all in the, the languages of those countries with uh, English subtitles. And we're really trying to find the very, very best that's on the circuit today. And it's all submissions. Or Are you pursuing countries? Do you go to like film organizations in those countries and say, let's see what you have? Or you Both. Just, you know. uh, we look at uh, the opportunity to uh, go out to other festivals around the world, whether it's Toronto or Berlin. Uh, we do a great deal of work uh, in Ireland, two or three major festivals, also the UK, uh, and then when possible, depending on our time and availability, you know, other festivals here domestically and, and international. But also we have a very deep relationship with a number of distributors uh, and sales agents that represent some major filmmakers and, and film projects. But also the submission process in and of itself, we're always recruiting for film. So from basically August 1st till about the early portion of, of February, uh, we are going through submitted films. And I'd say we probably have, this year total, I think it was 32 to 3,500 films we went through to have the, the 300, 350 films that are officially in the festival. Is this sort of global scope of the fest, is that a constant? Is that something you always had? Or it seems like the film world, the world itself is getting smaller and smaller over the last 20 years. I mean, is that reflected or did you always go for a big, wide global reach on these things? I think we, from day one, we always, we also wanted to be Orange County's film festival. Right. And we wanted to be able to reflect the rich diversity that is Orange County. So we always wanted to have something in the festival that was from uh, Mexico, Chile, Brazil, Argentina, in that mix, as well as films from Italy, France, Germany, Sweden, Ireland, uh, England. So we had a very broad mix of films from a country or ethnicity perspective. But again, we've always tried to focus on quality. So some of those countries don't produce a great deal of film. So some years, maybe we didn't have a Chilean spotlight, or maybe we didn't have a film from Argentina because those films weren't available to us. And again, I won't bore you with the, the technology that shifted over the last 19 years, but it's, it's much easier to get certain copies of films for festival use now than it was 19 years ago when there was one English subtitled film on film. 
and you were fighting with other locations to get that film to you at a particular time. So now with digital cinema projection and the ability to get multiple copies made, that increases the probability you're going to find great film when you need it. Right. And obviously, we talked about you have a wide net here. Ireland is a focus. Are you seeing specific countries that perhaps surprise you in the quality of the films or, or the subject matter? If so, which ones? Well, I think you look, you look at Ireland, and uh, the Irish Film Board has really taken the lead in setting sort of the gold standard uh, for uh, encouraging its creative sector to produce uh, amazing work. And you look at what's been done at with the Irish Film Board in partnership with uh, animators in partnership with uh, content creators, and these this is really that that synergy between you know uh, a quasi governmental agency and the private sector, and they've done so well to really help help uh, the Irish film industry bat above its weight, and it's really it's it's impressive. And you, you look at the the work coming out of Ireland, whether it be you know sole production in Ireland or co productions around the world, and uh, they've done exceptionally well. And, and I think our lineup from Ireland is a reflection of that. That's cool. That's great. Now tell me a little bit about opening night. You have um, was it American Animals? It's yes. a heist picture. I want to hear a little bit about that, but I want to hear about the gala. I mean, everyone yep. loves this big party. What can people expect? So I think uh, when, when really thinking about the Newport Beach Film Festival and thinking about uh, all the different opportunities one has, you have to start with the, the opening night. And uh, as you mentioned, it's, it's, uh, it's the Southern California premiere of American Animals, uh, exceptionally well-received at Sundance, a big hit uh, at uh, South by Southwest, and now we have it here at the Newport Beach Film Festival uh, this coming Thursday. And uh, it's, it's, a, it's a cool film. Probably one of the strongest narratives we've had in quite a while opening the festival, and it is uh, it is it's a combination of both a, a documentary and a narrative in that it's based on a true story and it is a heist film so obviously the heist does not go super well if we're talking about what went on and, and we're having the people involved with it talking about it in a documentary style but it's really a unique perspective from the people who experienced it and then the the narrative component to it going through the different actions and how they feel it actually was able to unfold uh, both for good and, and not so good uh, but it's a great comedic and dramatic film I, I i'm really proud and really excited to see how our audiences react to it and you know that opening night it's got to be a good movie because that's going to set the tone obviously I'm, so i'm sure this is amazing how difficult though is it about i'm sure you have a lot of amazing movies here and identifying one that's going to really fit the bill for opening night how difficult is it to select that one i think it's probably one of the, the greater challenges that uh, the programming team faces is that in that you know you want something that is uh that carries the weight uh, of quote an opening night uh but also again the accessibility and that we have a wide range of supporters and partners and patrons that come to opening night. So you don't want something too heavy, but you don't want something super light. But the the other side of that coin is the experience of the opening night gala. And that's just not to celebrate our opening night film. That's that's to celebrate the opening of the entire festival. So we have almost all of our filmmakers who are coming out come out for opening night right and uh, it is it is a it's it's a wow evening uh, it's the one of the largest events we put on at nearly 3,000 people Wow we bring out 30 of the top restaurants uh, in Orange County doing the signature dish for people to really understand the the importance of cuisine within this whole experience we have hosted bar by Tito's handmade vodka and um, Guinness and we have uh, an outstanding performance by an incredible band called Side Deal. 
And then we also have a, a special performance by a dance troupe called Academy of Villains. Oh, cool. So it's a, it's a really great artistic, and I, I'm touching on all the different senses, whether it be taste yeah. or sight or sound. Right. And it, it's just a, it's a really, I, again, it's our opening night, so I, I can't speak ill, but it's really an amazing way to kick off the festival. And we've had filmmakers approach us saying, look, if we were to ever film an opening or have an op- need for an opening night in a movie of a film festival, we want to come back and film yours because <laughs> yours blows everybody else's opening night away. And it's, it's just truly spectacular. It's in the center of Fashion Island. It highlights and puts a spotlight on Newport Beach in the way I think no other event does. And it's just a really awesome evening uh, to celebrate the arts and celebrate uh, film. You know, a lot of people come out to these things, obviously have a good party that night, See great movies. People want to see celebrities. I know. Is there a salute this year? Are you looking at an iconic figure? That's we we, we do. We have a we have a, a number of um, events throughout the festival. We have a, a special honors event we do on Saturday evening, uh, where we'll be honoring a, a number of notable celebrities, both in front of and behind the camera. And so I, I think when we're looking at the overall experience uh, of the festival and who comes out. One of the great things about the Newport Beach Film Festival is that we take what is a passive experience and make it active. So I don't care if you're going to our opening night film. I don't care if you're going to one of our major spotlight films on Friday or Saturday evening that have big galas associated with them. Or you're going to a film on Tuesday at 2 o'clock at the Lot Theaters uh, in Fashion Island. Nine times out of ten, there's going to be someone associated with that film. And they're going to spend the time at the end of the movie to do a Q&A and interact with the audience. And that's where we look at, you know, everyone's a celebrity at the Newport Beach Film Festival. Everyone's a star because we really want to give them their time to shine with their work and with their audience. Um, and, and we're really proud uh, that uh, the programming team, uh, who's headed up on the feature side by Sarah Slieger and on the short side by Dennis Baker, their teams work so hard, one, obviously to review and recruit the films but also from a shorts perspective to curate and on the uh, feature side to really nurture and build the relationship with those filmmakers so when they come out they know they've got someone in their camp that their programmer is there on their side to walk them through all the different opportunities they have at the festival but also be the person leading that Q&A and they and our programmers have seen the movie several times they really know it intimately and they ask them insightful questions and they also try to draw out from the audience uh, even better questions so we're, we're very excited about that. You know, it strikes me this is an event to for entertainment, clearly, but it's also an event for education. I mean, you know, these Q&As and these talkbacks, people learn about filmmaking, learn about the subjects involved. How much, how many of these do you hold? I mean, do most of the films have Q&As and talkbacks? Or? I'd say, I'd say uh, from the film perspective, we probably have Again, about between 85 and 90% of the films will have someone associated with that film engaged and involved with the Q&A afterwards. Uh, on the other side of it, that's the seminars, we offer a free seminar program thanks uh, to the support of the city and the Newport Beach Arts Commission uh, on Saturday and Sunday uh, at the Newport Beach Civic Center. And those are just incredible um, seminars. Uh, Lahani Cook, uh, who's on our team, has been working for months to really bring in some amazing people, get in front of and behind the camera. We partner with Variety and Zeiss to do a seminar on cinematography. We have uh, Variety celebrating their top 10 cinematographers. We have a editing panel, uh, which is the heroes of editing. And these are people, men and women, who have worked on editing uh, superhero films. So very timely with uh, Affinity Wars coming out. And then uh, we have Women in Animation, 
Foundation. Uh, we have uh, Building a Career in the Entertainment Business, and that's put on by Schaefer Chop Shop, one of our big partners. So we have a, a really uh, nice, uh, both specific and then broader approach to our seminar program. So if you or people that you know are interested in film, if you're, if especially if, if you're a high school or college student that's looking to pursue this as a career or vocation, the seminars on Saturday and Sunday are not to be missed. They're just a great, great opportunity, and they're completely free. You said, uh, you talked about women filmmakers, huge themes in Hollywood over the last two years, Black Lives Matter, Me Too movement. Is that reflected here? Do you see a, a larger number of filmmakers, uh, women filmmakers coming in? Are we, obviously, you have films from all over the world, so I think diversity, yes, you're covered. Are you seeing more uh, women filmmakers coming in? Almost certainly. And again, probably about four years ago, uh, we started a program called Women Direct. And that was really not a quota system, but really kind of to recognize the number of women who are directors in the festival. And we began noticing that there was a very high percentage automatically of women directors. And we've expanded this also to women uh, screenwriters as well as producing. And one of the things we look at I mentioned at the very beginning or earlier, uh, we focus on quality. Uh, and the bottom line is, is that women make great movies. And so we're not looking at, you know, gender orientation, you know, ethnic background. We're looking at, did you make a good movie? And uh, I was talking with a, another organization. I said, it'd be really nice if we maybe took off people's names uh, when you're reviewing, reviewing this process. So there's no favoritism. There's no, you don't know who did this or, you know, what, what, any kind of their background may have been, but we really we're always looking. We are always looking at uh, you know the quality of their work, and so we're happy to say that women represent a, a very uh, strong percentage uh, traditionally of our lineup, and again even more so when you begin to factoring in the uh, the screenwriter and the producer of the film. You know, it's interesting you said that. Take the name off the movie while you're looking at them. I mean, I have never seen a movie that I could say, oh, that was definitely directed by a woman, or oh, that was definitely directed by. A Latino, or you know what I mean? I, I mean, right. is there such a thing? I mean, or is that just in the popular imagination that women do this kind of movie and men do these kind of movies? I mean, what's your take on that? Well, I think, look, there is no, uh, I don't think there's any any monopoly by any particular group of people uh, for making a particular type of movie. I think, again, if we're looking at quality, you know, I, I, I can just say that the, our numbers will speak for themselves uh, and that, you know, we've got some great women directors uh, in the lineup this year. Uh, I, I'm remiss that I don't have the exact percentage, but I know uh, in, in the past years it's been hovering in the 40, 45 percent, which is, a, you know, again, without having some sort of goal, uh, is a pretty darn it's good percentage. considerably percent. higher than the percentage in Hollywood. Almost a, certainly. A lot. And when you're looking, especially on the shorts and you know, the short side, we definitely get a, a wide uh, number of women directors. And then, as I mentioned, as you begin to factor in women taking other great leadership roles in the, the creative process, that number goes much, much higher. I want to talk about that, the short films. You know, I think we were talking earlier, in the beginning, there were only short films, and then the first feature film, you know. And now we're coming back to short films because of the internet. There's a proliferation of these. Um, is that reflected in the way? And what kind of quality are you seeing in these short films? Well, I think uh, that's one of the areas that uh, we really shine, in that we are the large... Newport Beach, the Newport Beach Film Festival, is the largest uh, collection of short films within a feature film festival in the United States. We'll screen well over 220 uh, short films. Mm -hmm. Dennis Baker and the entire team of, of shorts uh, programmers and, and senior programmers, they work so hard 
to cull through the thousands of short films we'll receive and the even more challenging and daunting task of curating those. You know, I've been to a number of festivals where you know, this film begins with an A and that film begins with an A. They are completely different from a genre or subject matter where the Newport Beach Film Festival team, what they'll do is they're going to be going through and building up and truly curating those films based on subject or genre. So maybe there's a, a whole series of, of short films on love or there's a whole series of short films on um, uh, adversity or there's a short you know whole program on uh, programs for uh, tweens there's a whole great program we do called shorts for shorties which is for kids so that that's they really take the time not only to look at finding the quality short films that are out there but also to pair those and to put those into a program that uh, a person coming in isn't going to be blindsided by something like what why is that in here so we, we really are proud of, of the curatorial process as well as the um, the qualitative process that we go through right, to find the best right. short films you know it strikes me you know in the hollywood system the feature films seem to have gotten worse and worse while tv has gotten better and better um is that an issue i mean you're looking more at international you know you're not looking at major commercial hollywood fair of course um but do you what's your take on the current health of cinema well i think uh i think there's, there's two pieces to that okay one would be uh one, you see a lot of crossover for both. Right. You see a number of people who are moving from uh, what would be considered to be a, a you know a studio uh, theatrical lease uh, career and moving into a series or limited series program. Right. And then you're seeing a lot of those people that are also looking at independent film, which we have a great deal of, along with studio film. Uh, and then uh, you're also seeing, I think the the rise in um, the quality of, of documentaries. I'd love to talk about that in just a little yeah. bit. But I think when you're looking at um, sort of just the the overall quality of cinema, I think look we're we're, we're this is a much longer conversation, but we're we're looking at. Uh, studio film that's really focusing on tent poles. I mean, we're looking at right. whether it's the superhero or the sequel or whatever it's going to be. Those are really, they're, you know, they're, they're looking for an assured victory. They want to make sure that, you know, when they put a dollar in, they're getting $5 back. So a good return on their investment. And, you know, smaller films, you know, and, and I hate to call them indie because I think people think indie film is going to be this, the subject that I don't like or want yeah, to, right. but look at great films like 500 Days of Summer, yeah. uh, Chef. You know, these are films that had West Coast or even U.S. premieres with us and went on to do very, very well. And that's the type of film that I'm saying, hey, we need to celebrate that. And it wouldn't necessarily be pumped out through a normal Hollywood sort of uh, mathematical formula system, but that, you know, I think do very, very well in the festival circuit and obviously do well in theatrical and and follow-on releases, whether it be on, uh, you know, uh, video on demand or, or, uh, you know, other services. But I I think for the Newport Beach Film Festival, again, we're always focused on quality. We're always trying to find that unique film that's going to resonate with our audience that they may not get a chance to see anywhere else. And then, uh, when, when looking at stuff with Hollywood, we are, we're noticing more and more that uh, there are a number of, of celebrities who are uh, deciding to make a move maybe from television into to film and doing it through a, a film that we have at the festival. Oh, you're seeing something? I think Annette Benning is Uncle Vanya. Yep, you have that. Yes. And don't you have um, Christopher Plummer in a yep, film? Yep, Boundaries, yep. Those are, who are some of the other big names, though? I mean, those are the ones I just saw quickly glancing through. Well, there's, there's, I mean, I think one of, the, one of the things I can definitely do is tell people to please log on to NewportBeachFilmFest.com right, and find out all the great films that we have uh, and that there's literally something for everyone. And that, uh, you know, 
and again, what's what's really amazing about it is I don't care if you're coming out on a Friday and Saturday, which you know vast preponderance of our audience wants to come to, but Tuesday night uh, we've got an amazing lineup of films from Europe, uh, whether it's films from Sweden, Germany, Italy, and France, and then a big gala post party at uh, Time Nightclub, or on Monday night we've got our Pacific Rim celebration, and that's films from Australia. Uh, Japan, Korea, and China, along with a special film that we're doing that's both a, a Filipino as well as our culinary uh, celebration. And then again, a, 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 a grand uh, gala at uh, Time Night Club. And Wednesday evening, we've got our uh, Latin program, and that's Mexico, Chile, and Brazil. And you know, with that, it's really reaching into the, the, the unique communities of Southern California and celebrating the cultures and the cinema from those countries. And I mentioned culinary. That's one of the new things for this year. That, that seems to be an exploding thing. I mean, obviously, we saw it on television with all these, you see it on Instagram, for God's sakes. But, I mean, talk about that. That seems to be an exploding area in documentary. Well, I really credit uh, Leslie Feibelman uh, on our team. Uh, she was the one who has been uh, on the fore of a number of our special programs, whether it be our action sports uh, which is you know surf, skate, snowboard, wakeboard, and so forth, uh, as well as our, our highly acclaimed art, architecture, and design program. Uh, but now we have our culinary section, and she took the lead in that. And I believe we have uh, eight films uh, that constitute uh, our, our culinary section. And they're just really uh, some of the top films uh, on... You know, cuisine, culinary, and Epicurean adventure uh, out there on the circuit today. So whether it's an amazing film on on wine, or on the uh, unique nature of uh, Scotch, uh, or you know what what's a Michelin star and how you get one. Uh, right. So we've got a great documentary on that. And then, uh, as I mentioned, we have a, a very unique film by it's an alumni filmmaker family in that the Cuerdo family has been working with us on a couple of projects, and now it's actually the daughter of the, the gentleman, Ray Cuerdo, who, uh, who's been with us really since the, one of the first uh, uh, Filipino films we had at the festival was brought in by uh, Ray Cuerdo. And so his daughter is the director. Uh, the film's name is uh, Ulam, and it uh, is just a great documentary on the status of Filipino food in the U.S. Right. and how that is going to be the next hot, you know, ethnic food for people to really take advantage of and to experience. Cool. All right. We talked about this a little bit when we talked about print, but um, this is the 19th yes. year and over a period, a very uh, unique period in cinema where the technology is changing, the democrat democratization of the technology, which has had a profound impact on the product, I believe. You talk about that. I mean, can you chart that? You know, I mean, you sat there in front front row and have watched this change happen. What did it look like from there? As far as technology, uh, I think that has been one of the uh, the biggest transformations we've seen in the last ten years, you know, possibly even the last five years. When we started the festival, it was very easy to see who had money and who didn't. And you definitely would see it on the screen. And now, with the ability to get a red camera, to have extremely sophisticated editing uh, software on your home computer, uh, to uh, have the ability to work with a drone and get just incredible shots that would have been, you know, a million or several million dollars. 10, 15 years ago, it, it goes back to, and I talk about this all the time with some of my students, is I, I say, look, it goes back to story and character development and plot and 
you know, getting a good director and getting a great DP and getting a strong editor and all these, the basic fundamental building blocks of telling a great story, you know, through the, through film. And it's no longer, you know, yes, money is still an issue, but moreover, it's just the ability of the, the filmmaker to have access to this technology. This was, again, five years ago, you just didn't have. So, uh, from a, a look standpoint, the films are beautiful, but you still go back to the, the you know even more now the fundamentals of filmmaking, and you know is it is it there? And uh, you know sometimes we'll look at something and go, wow, that's just beautifully shot, but poorly written. In some ways, it's it's elating to see these um, these beautiful films, but also. You know, it's 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 also, I think, in, in many ways, exciting that it, it does go back to the basics. The, there's so many artists, um, Julian Schnabel, Mick Short, mm-hmm. film. I mean, a lot of fine artists are doing that. Collecting that those are big names per, you know, there's got to be a percentage of an audience to be like, I want to go see, you know, this film that Cindy Sherman did. Sure. Or I want to go, you know what I mean? It, it, is that a consideration at all? There are definitely films that we have in the festival that have larger names attached to them. But that is not the only deciding factor, obviously. There's some festivals that, yes, that, that's the only reason that we put a film in is because of the name attached to it. Uh, but there are many, many, many films that we have had to turn away, that we've turned away because it just was not of the quality and caliber that we're looking for. And that optimistically, every film that you go to, to say, look, I may not have liked that style of film but that was a really well-made film that was a really positive experience of seeing that film i mean i've liked it but i can't i cannot fault it for the again the the fundamentals of filmmaking um and then again you know filmmaking and and going to the the movies is is a subjective experience and you know you get 10 people together and have 10 different opinions about the movie you just watched um but we definitely want it to be where you know with the hundreds of films that we have at the newport beach film festival there's something for everyone that if you come out and experience it you won't be disappointed right. and that um, you know we take very we very take very strongly that you are um, you're giving up your time and that we want to be respectful of that right the I think crash is it 2005 yeah. 2005 yes kind of helped put you guys on the map you guys premiered it here correct and it was the US premiere for crash and then shortly after that we had uh, the US premiere or the West Coast premiere excuse me of the cove that went on to win best documentary right. we've had numerous short films that have gone on to be nominated and win um, we're really um, the things that I, I see as far as what's been working for us uh, again focusing on quality focusing on film that you don't normally get a chance to see here in Southern California and uh, Really, we've become an opportunity for distributors uh, and sales agents and uh, film buyers to come down or to come out uh, to Newport Beach and see some amazing film they're not going to see elsewhere. Also, maybe films that some of their junior people haven't had a chance to see yet. And, you know, wow, we, we, we heard this played South By, we get a chance to see it, now we get to see it at Newport. Or, wow, this played Sundance, or this may even played at Berlin, and now it's making its uh, U.S. premiere with us. Uh, or maybe it's out of Tribeca, and now it's making a West Coast premiere with uh, the Newport Beach Film Festival. So those are things that are really, um, I think, beginning to change the dynamics of the festival and uh, bringing in a, a very unique um, perspective and a unique opportunity for our filmmakers. Uh, and that that's ultimately, we're, you know, we're here to celebrate their work, uh, and we're here to give them an opportunity to not only mix and mingle with our audience, uh, but also with an audience that can help them take them to the next level or, or hopefully... Uh, uh, energize their next project. Now we mentioned Crash was a breakthrough for you guys. How important is it to have that big movie? Like, 
You know, I mean, how important is it that one of your movies goes to win an Oscar? Does that is that an essential thing for the festival, or is that hey, that's well, icing on the cake? That's I mean, a- again, I think we're also uh, very realistic. We're at the very beginning of the festival season now. It kind of it runs really from Academy Awards to Academy Awards. So. It, they're in March or in February, and we're in April. So it's it's a long time till uh, nominations for next year. So there's there's a lot of things happening. But we, as I said, we realize we realize that working with important films, not only in the U.S. but around the world, we've had films from our lineup that have gone on to be nominated from their countries as far as best uh, foreign films. Uh, So we feel very strongly that the films that we're bringing in from around the world are just amazing, amazing films. So I think winning awards is nice. Uh, No one will say, you know, being truthful will never say to the contrary. But I think it is about uh, focusing on quality, focusing on the overall experience, whether it's going to see uh, one of our short film programs, our feature films, or one of our gala evenings uh, throughout the festival. It's about that you're going to have a really great experience at the festival and whether you're sitting in the audience or, or at one of our, our parties it's just it's it's just really wonderful do you track like like right now i can tell you three films that i know will be nominated next year you know um do you track that we try i mean yeah. i think uh we definitely are, are always keeping in touch with our filmmakers uh and the the studios that we work with with their films and uh you know i'm I, what i'm i'm most excited about from the standpoint of sort of tracking where th- who has come through and, and what's happened we've got a really great program that's called our youth division our youth program that's for filmmakers under the age of 18 and we've had people who have started with us there and then we've had their collegiate program and then we've had their first feature film. I really think that's a really awesome arc uh, that that's goes great. on. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm excited for any of the films that we have, but I'm always excited to see those uh, alumni filmmakers come back, yeah. and especially when they're at different points and junctures in their career to see what their experience was at Newport, what their next experience was, and right. what, you know the, their most recent experience was. So that's that for us is very very exciting. And it's almost like a mentorship quality. I mean, it's got to be nice to see these guys grow and you know come back and grow some more and I don't know that's a, that's a lovely oh, that's really notion cool. you know so, now do you foresee any breakouts yet? like if you were to bet say you're a betting man what are the two three pictures you think have the best odds here well I think again uh, they're know, all amazing films yeah. uh, I mean I think uh, I'm a big fan of our closing night film it's called All Square did very very well at South By and uh, I'm, I really the team really enjoys that but I, I personally enjoy that one we've got Again, uh, you mentioned our Irish film. A film called Michael Inside is just a, an amazing, amazing Irish film. Also that evening, a film called uh, Drummer and Keeper that did exceptionally well. Uh, both of those films did very well at the Irish Academy Awards this year. Uh-huh. We've got extremely strong films uh, on our Pacific Rim. Uh, the uh, Our Japanese one, Three Football, Three Foot Three Football and Souls is just a it, it it's it's a very unique premise. I would encourage people to take a look at the description, but it really the description doesn't give it justice. It's just a, such a poignant and interesting film about life and about the value of life and about how people who think life isn't worth living change that perspective and realize how important it is to be engaged and um, part of uh, a community. Um, and then. I think when I look at you know our Swedish film is an incredibly strong drama. Our German film is uh, a blind date with life is uh, is a, a German comedy. So uh, for those people who like a good German comedy, which means there's got to be some tragedy in there, uh, it's it's just really really wonderful. We're so proud of the lineup, 
and when you're realizing how many films we had to go through to get to the ones that we have, um, it's really tough to pick one or two that you're thinking, you know, these are the best ones ever. Right. Tell me a little bit about yourself and getting involved with this. Now you're 19 years in. That's a long. That's a career. You know, did you study film? You've always been a film fan, presumably. What was your path to this position? Well, uh, if you go back a little more than 19 years, uh, Todd Corderero, who is the co-founder with me, uh, we sat down and said, look, Newport Beach is an incredible location. It's a beautiful backdrop for an international film festival. Uh, if, if, if central casting called for a location for a film festival, you might go to Cannes, but the second choice would probably be Newport Beach. And so we said, look, this, this is perfect. Uh, I happen to grow up here. Todd grew up in Orange County. And I said, this is, this is great. And we brought together, the, I think, the, the natural allies in all of this, whether it be the city or visit Newport Beach, um, the, um, the heads of the major film schools locally, uh, the film commissioner, you know, all, the, all the normal players within that uh, experience to, to help support us. And... Um, you know, 19 years ago, we launched our first festival, and it, it just came together, and it worked out very well, and we said we'll do it again, and that was again and again and again, and now we here we are 19 years after that. My background is actually investment banking. I worked for uh, almost 20-some-odd uh, years with major firms, uh, about 10, a little more than 10 with uh, Citigroup, and then another company uh, with uh, called McGladry uh, doing middle market mergers and acquisitions. Uh, I still have a couple of private clients that call me up from time to time for help on things. Um, in the midst of all this at the festival, uh, I was fortunate enough uh, to um, start working with uh, Cal State Fullerton, and I'm an adjunct professor uh, or adjunct faculty member at uh, Cal State Fullerton in the uh, communications department. And we've got a really amazing program where we integrate students into the real, real world experience of putting on the different facets of the film festival. So I mentioned a lot of those international uh, spotlights. The students get the, the opportunity uh, to build up partnerships within each of the communities mentioned and to uh, figure out how those communities communicate with one another. And that if you think about it, um, there isn't Swedish television here, or there isn't necessarily a Swedish radio, or uh, a, a French newspaper, or a German newspaper, or something like that. So they work with these different organizations and groups to make sure those communities are engaged with the different programs we put on. And they also work together with us to uh, plan and promote and bring in the cultural components uh, to our different evenings. So it's a really special, unique opportunity from that side. You mentioned natural allies. Who are some of the partners? You said you got some great Well, this is, that's probably you know one of the very unique uh, and special parts of what we're having at the festival this year. I say the Newport Beach Film Festival, but it's the Newport Beach Film Festival presented by Pacific Sales. And Pacific Sales stepped up uh, for the first time for us uh, to be our presenting uh, sponsor. And they have been amazing. Uh, Pacific Sales has brought in a number of their other partners uh, to enhance uh, the festival, not just um, through the, uh, the... you know, the presenting position, but also through some of our culinary work uh, and through some of the other aspects of the festival. So we're very, very excited to be working with Pacific Sales. Karma Automotive is our new automotive sponsor. Uh, Hiradera uh, Tequila is one of our our new spirits. Um, We have um, Zeiss, I think, as I mentioned earlier, and Guinness, along with uh, some of our returning sponsors, uh, whether it be um, those are all new, all those names. Oh, are- yes, correct. Oh wow! And then what, uh, what is it? I mean, 
is it that the festival's gotten so big? They're like, yeah, I want a piece of this. Well, I think from just a, again, I have a whole discussion like experiential marketing. You know, look, the Newport Beach Film Festival has become the top luxury lifestyle film festival in the U.S. Wow. When you're looking at the experience of going to see a great movie and then going to an after event, whether it be on Friday uh, or Saturday, or again, that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of the festival, they're great experiences. And they're things where our partners are going, wow, you are, your quality of film, your quality of overall experience is exactly the type of thing we want to align our brand with. And so, uh, I mean, obviously we get a great uh, crowd and and a very supportive audience, and that's ultimately who they want to be partner with as well. But Overall, over 19 years, having focused on quality, and I mean that throughout the entire aspect of the festival, uh, I think we're now finally hitting our stride in bringing in sponsors and partners that really recognize and respect that. And they want to be part of the largest entertainment event in Orange County, the fastest growing film festival on the West Coast. Uh, the Newbridge Film Festival has been named uh, in the top 30 to 40 festivals by things like Variety Magazine, uh, Beyond Cinema, and Movie Maker Magazine. Um, I mentioned Variety. We're the only festival in the world to have two 10-to-watch programs. We do our 10-to-watch cinematographers here at the festival proper, and then we do a special program in partnership with Visit Newport Beach in uh, in London every every year, and that's our 10 Brits to watch. So Sundance doesn't have that. Toronto doesn't have that. Can doesn't have that, but Newport Beach has that. Right. It's. Is there any thought of making it a competitive film festival? Oh, it's it's competitive. We we I give mean, out, you're giving out awards. And oh, we always give we always give oh, out awards. Are. Oh yeah. Oh okay. Because there's no real mention of that here. It's at the end. Oh, really? So we don't talk about it in the in the different material that you're coming out because. They haven't been selected yet. So we give three different levels of of awards. We do honors, which is a combination of uh, a different number of different factors, but that's both from a programmatic standpoint, it is from a jury standpoint, and from an audience award standpoint. Then we do purely jury awards, where the jury convenes and they go over a a selection of films and then they bestow awards uh, uh, to the films. And then we have the audience award, which every film is in competition for. um, That's an official selection of the festival. And then... Uh, so we, we definitely give out uh, some nice. great awards at the end of, of the nice. uh, of the whole deal. Just lastly, I'm curious. I remember over like the past 10 years, it seemed the festival thing exploded. Every little town was having their own. My, my hometown is a festival. Is that keeping up? Are we still seeing these proliferation of festivals across the country? Has it slowed? What's the state of the festival business right now? Well, I think if you look at festivals overall, most certainly just in our 19-year history, we've seen a, a, a as you point out, an explosion of other festivals. You see a lot of smaller ones, and they definitely play a role in in being able to celebrate smaller, very small independent film. And then you see some mid-sized festivals, and you see some larger festivals where they're, they're again they're running over, you know, uh, multiple days at multiple venues and hundreds, if not several hundred, films. When you start looking at um, the longevity of those, it's uh, I think there's two facets to it. One would be Again, finding the right type of film to be screening. And the other side of it is engaging with your audience. Uh, I'm always trying to, and we're always working at the festival, to promote our sister festivals really around the community and and around the world. Uh, We have very strong partnerships with festivals, again, uh, you know, Ireland and France and Germany. Uh, We've got great festivals we partner with in in Canada, Australia, all over that we try to do work with uh, for for cross-promotion and support. And then obviously we have festivals 
festivals here in the U.S. We do the same thing with. And so one of the things I always encourage people is, you know, first and foremost, please come out to the Newport Beach Film Festival. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is to go out and support the festivals in your own community. Right. And that uh, it is about people taking the time and, and effort and going out and seeing some unique film right. and supporting those, uh, you know, smaller arts nonprofits uh, that, that make this all come together. You know, it occurs to me, it's sort of a two-edged thing. We're seeing a proliferation. We're seeing more and more voices. We're also seeing lowest box office numbers in the U.S. in the last 20 years. We're seeing the China market begin to level out. Is there concern about the future of the medium economically? Well, I can't, I, I can't necessarily speak to you know, what Hollywood's going to look like in uh. five years or 10 years. One of the things we've realized is that, uh, again, people are always seeking out quality. People are also, also seeking that unique experience. You know, I've got a whatever, 75, 80-inch screen at home. Yeah. And I love being able to sit there and watch films and, and really immerse myself in that experience. I also love going to see film yeah. in, in a theater the way they're supposed to be seen. It, you know, We are social creatures. We want to be experiencing things together. And I don't think that will ever end. Um, I remember uh, old Mr. Edwards, Jim Edwards, who uh, founded the Edwards Theater chain. Uh, I happened to be with him when they opened the, uh, the uh, Spectrum. Okay. And we were chatting, and this time it was, it was, we were chatting, and I think it was well in his 90s at this point. And I go, did you ever get worried about um, VHS? So, you know, that time, that was what was you know, the, the medium that we were working with. Right. And he goes, look, everybody's got a kitchen, but we all like to eat out. Yeah. And I thought, that's ah, just brilliant. It's well put, isn't it? And I think we, we like going out together. We like sharing that experience. I do think things that you're seeing now, you're seeing that the... the uh, the luxury aspect of, of theaters proliferating, where you know you maybe had a screen that was 200 seats that's now 80 seats because you've put in the super premium luxury sure. reclining, heated, vibrating, whatever it's going to be <laughs> experience. And I think that's going to change the overall dynamic and that you're going to have a little bit smaller uh, theater count, seat count. And But I think the experience of going to see the movie in a theater, will, you're never going to replace that. Okay. Now, lastly... Most memorable celebrity encounter? Oh, hmm. Well, I, I always tell people, uh, and I won't reveal this, there are probably five celebrities we will never work with again because of the experience uh, on the negative side. In positive ones, um, I'll, I'll, I'll touch on a couple of them. Uh, probably my favorite is um, uh, having Richard Sherman out. Uh, Richard Sherman, he and his oh, wow. brother uh, composed an amazing array of, of music for film and, and television. Uh, but everyone would probably know them for their work uh, on Winnie the Pooh, mm -hmm. Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Uh, they composed the music for uh, Mary, it's Poppins. A, Mary Poppins right. and It's a Small World Ride. Mm -hmm. So they are really the um, the composers of, of the American Songbook as well as is the childhood of most of the people I interact with. And we had Richard Sherman out several times and we'd love to have him out again. And but he uh, he would come in and he had, most recently when we had him he did a uh, he sat down at the baby grand piano and played all the music that he and his brother composed and, and wrote the lyrics for. That's great. And to to have that uh, it's just it was just you know people got teary eyed. It was just it was just really remarkable. And I think those are the neat things that you have at a film festival. Right. And being close to L.A. the you can get people to come and do this. You know? Well, that's the great thing about the Newport Beach Film Festival, at Newport in general. I can't tell you the number of celebrities and people in front of behind the camera who, one, have never been down to Newport before, and they've only come down to, to the festival. No. And then now I'll be out 
you know, on the boardwalk or I'll be, you know, at the Balboa Bay Resort or out at the, uh, the Fashion Island Hotel and run into people off season that are coming down to stay that came out for the film festival. And so that's the great thing uh, about the Newport Beach Film Festival is that it, it's a vehicle for all these opportunities to, to shine a spotlight on Newport and the wider spotlight on Orange County. Uh-huh. Uh, that, you know, we're a great place to visit. We're a great place to experience amazing movies and uh, have an amazing time away from home or uh, maybe if at that home might be uh, Yerba Linda or that might be Yuba City. So you right. never know where people are coming from for the film festival. Well, break a leg with it, man. Thank and, you. and thanks for coming out to join us. You know, Happy to. I think really kind of wrapping everything up, the one thing I can implore to anyone listening is please check out our website at newportbeachfilmfest.com. The festival itself runs April 26th through May 3rd. Uh, as I mentioned, we've got parties and galas and experiences every night, as well as a lineup of 350 films from 50 different countries. And not to be forgotten is our amazing seminar program, which is free to the public on Saturday and Sunday. And tickets still available for the gala? Uh, tickets are still available for the gala and uh, again at newprobishfilmfest.com awesome alright well thank you I wanted to say thank you again to Jordan and Greg for sitting down and sharing that talk with us if you liked the music check out Passages by Lee Offenhauer on iTunes follow us on every sort of social media at CoastMagOC if you like the show subscribe to us Rate and review while you're at it at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcasts. We're there. You want to email us? Coast at coastmagazine.com. Very excited. Next week starts the Women of Coast series, so there will be an episode every day, Monday through Friday. So stay tuned for that. Coast Conversation is a product of Southern California News Group. Let's all go get some coffee.